New Life Church. Thanks for listening in. We exist as a church to connect people to the heart of God and to a family within the church. And we believe that Jesus is the way. We hope this message blesses you and gives you hope today. All right, all right. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Um, allow me to introduce myself or reintroduce myself. If you have not seen me or met me or seen me around here at all, it is because I have been doing a lot of this. We had twins in December, and this is my world, two of everything, lots of bottles, lots of spit up, right? <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room, whether you are remembering a mother or celebrating a mother or you are one yourself. Happy Mother's Day. High five yourself. We are amazing. Can I get an amen? We keep the world turning. And you guys definitely deserve uh, to have a good Mother's Day. So, you know, the Bible is full of great women of faith. You have Moses' mother who defied Pharaoh and hid Moses in a basket to save him so that God could later use him to save others. We have Mary, who trusted the Lord and was in turn trusted to carry the Lord herself, which is just amazing. And we have Esther, who declared God's calling for such a time as this. Amen. And a scripture that I've been holding on to in my season of motherhood recently is this. It's 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with, ever, with others. And I love this verse. It's actually about giving and finances. But what I've found is if something is true about God in one area, it's often true about him in every other area. And, um, you know, when we sacrifice and we give as parents, God takes care of us. And he makes up for the lack and he provides what we need. And so I just wonder if there's anywhere in your life where you have lack. Um, You know, there's something that I found to be true. Where ideal is lacking, his grace abounds. And I think all of us who are parents in the room, we had an idea of what we thought parenting would be like, like a picture of what, how we thought it was going to go. And uh, it just rarely ever looks like that. Can I get an amen? It never goes how we think it's going to go. Why? And it's because we are not in control. Um, I think every parent has had that moment where we are in the middle of like a chaotic situation and we go, oh, I don't got this. (laughs) I do not have it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have what I need. You know, I don't have the patience or I don't have, you know, the joy right now. And listen, God meets us in those places. Amen. He meets us in those moments where we just can't come up with it and we don't have enough. And, um, It's not only that either. He also uses those times where we are being stretched to grow us so that the next time we encounter that, we do have a little bit more to give around and to spread. And uh, we do know how to depend on him a little bit more. So that's a promise worth holding on to, church. And I just wanted to give you that this morning. Um, You know, I was driving recently into work and I heard a song that resonated with me in my season It says, if you get lost in the world, lost in the world, I'll be there to find you. And I don't know about you, but I know sometimes mothers, we can get lost in our season. We can lose ourselves, um, always thinking about the needs of other people. And before you know it, you have a lot of needs that you don't get met. And you are just lost in a sea of, you know, diapers and uh, spit up and sleepless months. 
Y'all thought I was going to say nights. <laughs> I mean months. Um, but we're just lost in the middle of this season that we prayed for, right? A house full of kids, a huge blessing, lost. But here's what I'm finding. In this season, even as crazy as it has been for me, God has been there to find me. And the way forward, and I say the way forward because we never go back to what we were before. We always move forward. Um, but the way forward is anchored in him. And he always comes and finds us in those moments. And so, um, you know, Bronson did a series back in the fall called The Good News. And we answered this question. How is the gospel the real practical answer for the problems you face as an individual and the issues we face in our world? And so we thought it would be fun today to just hear from some of the women in our house, some of my friends, um, on how this has been true for them. Uh, how being a Christ follower has changed their season of motherhood, um, how he's steadied them in a, in a storm, how he's spoken to them in seasons of uncertainty, and how he's filled them with faith when they've had to face down fear. And so I'm going to introduce them to you, starting with this lovely lady in the middle. This is Miss Asia. And she, uh, that's right, she deserves a hand. She's amazing. She uh, leads our little lifers, our little kiddos back there. And um, we have Miss Marquet right here. And uh, she's married to Dwayne, one of our um, teaching pastors here. And they lead a marriage life group as well. And then my friend Jess down there on the end. Uh, she's new to our team. She oversees the operations of this campus. And her and her husband, Marius, lead our young families. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to lean in. And like Bronson said, I want you to listen for how each of their unique testimonies can be something that will build your faith in where you stand today. And so um, we'll start with Miss Asia. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> What's your story, Asia? Um, okay. So I grew up in what I consider to be a traditional black Baptist home. My dad's minister. And until I entered the 11th grade, my mom was a housewife. They raised my brothers and I um, with the mindset that obedience is better than sacrifice. And one of the verses that my mother quoted quite often was Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. I knew every decision she made in love and correction was rooted in that particular verse. I got to tell y'all, I got the best mom on this side of Jordan River. It is a fact. So naturally, when I became a mom... I was going to model my parenting after the best parent there is. I, however, had a couple things I didn't consider. <laughs> Number one, Anaya Elise looks just like me. She's my copy-paste. <laughs> Semicolon, however, she is the complete opposite of me. I am loud and I am boisterous and I have yet to meet a stranger. Anaya, however, is quiet and reserved, although strong-willed and determined to do what she deems necessary in her brain. <laughs> she is inquisitive and a thinker, if you will. Number two, my mom had slash has my father, my superhero. Their parenting together was so united, my dad had the best line ever. Dads, I'll give it to you guys. What did your mom say? <laughs> Worked golden, okay? Um, I entered parenthood as a single parent, so quite a bit different than what I saw growing up. So when I went to, you know, instill the 
I only speak once and you obey the first time. Anaya in turn replied with who, what, when, where, how, and at what time should I do this? I immediately start to pray, dear God, where this child come from? <laughs> who sent her? This is not what parenting looked like when I grew up. The training comes with questions, dear Jesus. I did not question, Lori. Help, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you guys have had a prayer like that. Some of you guys, maybe not. Keep living. <laughs> so then I was reminded of a verse in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it states, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, I strongly believe in training your child up in Christ. I believe it starts as early as in the womb. I believe we model how we speak to God and how they speak to their friends. That all comes from training. Half of the reason I like being a little life. Also, I get to hold y'all babies every Sunday. <laughs> so while believing all these things, I believe that I can set goals and possibly reach majority of them. Oh, but I'm so grateful that God has the plan. That he's already planned things out. I got the opportunity to surrender what I thought parenting should look like, surrender the idea of how this should end or how it should be planned out to God. And for those of you guys who have made mistakes, those of you guys who haven't, like I said, keep living. For those of you guys who feel like you've lost your way, or maybe you have yet to commit yourself to being a Christ follower, know that you can start today because like he says, it was already a part of the plan. So I have something to leave with you, a challenge or question, if you will. In what ways is God asking you to surrender your parenting to his plan? That is so good. Give her a hand. I love how she said, you know, we have to surrender idea of what, our idea of what we thought it was going to look like, and that's hard to do. Uh, great job, Asia. Thank you. Okay, so now we have Miss Marquet to my left over here. Uh, you and Dwayne find yourself in the season of empty nesting. What's that like? What's your story? Uh, we're loving it. We're loving it. Uh, <laughs> so my husband and I, we raised two daughters. They're ages 29 and 24. Uh, there they are right there. And please remember that one with that hat on her head. Just rem remember that face. Anyway, so <clears throat> they're soon to be 30 and 25 in less than three months. And so we raised them in a Christian home and in church. They were a part of church groups, Sunday school, choir, fellowship of Christian athletes, all that kind of stuff. But um, there comes a time when those teenagers actually become adults. And so you're parenting adults now. How do you do that? How do you parent people who, have, who think they have all the answers, who think they know everything, when I was growing up, my grandparents would say, you're living life footloose and fancy free, but now they're saying, we're living our best lives. So how do you parent people like that? <laughs> I mean, but how do you? So um, I had to trust that my husband and I did the right thing by rearing them in church, by speaking to God's truths, his words to them daily, by teaching them along the way in the car. So I just had to rely on that um, what they were rooted in what was rooted in them are continuing to grow and flourish in their lives. Now, my, mother, my days as a mother now looks like a whole lot of praying, 
because I have adult children. Again, I said they think they know everything. So I do a whole lot of praying, a lot of godly counsel, a lot of speaking God's truth, his words to them. But that didn't come easy. That didn't come easy for me because Brunson say this all the time. He's type A, but I'm kind of type A too. And so I have control issues. Not saying that Brunson has control issues, but I have, <laughs> I had control issues, truly. Um, my control issues kind of look like this. That young lady I told you, remember with that hat on her head? I remember when she was graduating from high school. Her doctor and I talked to her about her plan. Her plan was to attend college, graduate from college, go on to graduate school. After graduate school, start your career. Maybe start dating, eventually get married, and maybe wait two to five years to have children. Well, that plan blew up because her second year of college, she went off and eloped while her dad and I were on spring break vacation. <laughs> Not only did she elope, um, she actually had her son, our first grandchild, a year later. I thought I was being punked when she called me that following Monday to tell me that she had gotten married. I was a mess, looked at every county in Arkansas to figure out she got married. <laughs> Could not find it, but she had. So I told her, I said, Marnea, that was not the plan. She said, ma'am, that was your plan for my life, not my plan for my life. That is what not, that was what God told me. And so then I got to thinking, I was like, okay, well then control issues again started coming up. How many of you have heard of Olivia Pope from the series Scandal, The Fixer? So my family, extended family all will call me all the time with issues, problems. So Olivia Pope was a fixer of political situations and scandal in the White House. Well, I became a fixer of family issues and problems, obviously, in my family. So when people would call me, I would go straight into Olivia Pope mode to see what I could do to remedy the situation. So they kept calling me because I guess I looked like I could handle it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was poised. I was stoic. I didn't show any emotions. So nobody knew that really I was suffering. I was so exhausted. I was so overwhelmed. I was like mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally drained. And it wasn't until 2018 that the Lord, he spoke to me. And my family and friends called me KK. So the Lord, you know, he gets personal. He's like, KK, when are you going to realize that you're not in control, that I am in control? When are you going to relinquish control? When are you going to allow me to be God, not only in your life, but in the lives of your, of your children? So then I started um, remembering some scripture. So it just came up all the time. And Fitz talks about this particular scripture all the time. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And then I started remembering Proverbs 22 and 6, as Asia has already uh, stated. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they would not turn from it. Well, I had to trust and believe that my husband and I did the right thing by rearing our kids, our children, in the ways of the Lord. And so I had to believe, you know, take God at his word. You know, he knew that the kind of mistakes and decisions our children would make, we made them. I'm sure our parents probably said the same thing, felt the same way about us. But I had to learn the hard way that I was standing in God's way. I had to learn that, you know, he gives us all free will. And that free will he gives to us, 
not only to us, but also our children. And it's up to us and it's up to our children to make those right decisions, to live righteously. You know, there are consequences, however, when we don't make the right decisions, when we make the decisions outside of God's will. However, glory to God that he welcomes us back with open arms. And then I remember, I had to realize too that if I kept coming up with solutions to any issue that my daughters had, because let me tell you, now they call me every day for something. And so I had to continue to give this godly counsel. And then I have to think about it. It's like, wait a minute. Let me step back. I'm going to speak the Lord's word to them. But let me step back and let them see the Lord at work. But if I kept coming back with all the solutions for them, how would they see God at work? How would I see God at work? How would they learn to trust him? How would I learn to trust him? Because to me, I was doing everything myself. I'm playing God again which was never was supposed to happen. That's why we have Jesus. And so I had to finally realize that my children need to see a good, gracious, merciful, faithful father. So I had to learn how to take my hands off. And then I remembered, you know, that, um, that we have to go back to the basics. And I say the basics all the time. And it's elementary. But then I thought about it. Mark has not so elementary because you keep... Putting your hands on it, so it must be college-level stuff, <laughs> graduate-level stuff that I have to get back to. So we have to go back to his word and to who he is, who his, who his attributes are. That's in his word. So I have to remember that, you know what, God is in control. I'm not in control. You're not in control. I think about Jeremiah um, chapter 32 and 27, you know, it talks about him having dominion over everything. And that verse says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God cannot handle or take care of or direct our children? Because he can. So we have to take root in it. We have to have faith in it that he can. And then I think about, you know, nothing's impossible for God. Matthew, verses Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, and it says that Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, this passage of scripture talks about salvation, our heart issues, the things that we treasure in our hearts. And a lot of times we treasure our children. We really, really do. And you know what? God can save a confused, a lost, or wayward child, an adult child who makes questionable decisions. It is our responsibility to stand in the gap for them, to pray for them, and continue to speak God's word. And then finally, you know what? God is trustworthy. Romans 8 and 28 states, and we... And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We all have purpose. Our adult children have purpose in life. The great I am, who is God. He knew this before, before we were born. He knew this before our children were born. Nothing we ever experienced, nothing our children ever experienced should be wasted. There's a lesson in it all. That lesson is that we need to trust him. Our children need to learn to trust him, that we can't make it without them, and our children cannot make it without them. And that le lesson is that we need to trust him even when we don't like what we see within our, own, our adult children. We have to believe that everything will work out. You know, God is telling me, and he's telling you that we need to keep praying. We need to keep speaking his truth. We need to keep speaking his word. We need to remain faithful. We need to be steadfast and movable always abounding in his work. 
He's saying, let go of control. He's probably telling a lot of you in the audience today, let go of the control. I got it. Just trust me and watch me work. You know, that's all he wants us to do. He wants us to trust him. So my challenge to you is, and it's a couple of questions, maybe three. Will you trust God to be God and trust him to transform your children's lives? Will you trust him enough to turn over your adult children to him? That's so good. So much wisdom. I'll be calling you in about 18 years when mine try to fly the coop, huh? <laughs> All right, which brings me to Jess there on the end. You know, you and Marius have recently found yourselves in an unexpected season. What's your story? Yeah, so years ago when I first became a believer, it was very important to me to meet with people who've gone before me, to ask them for their wisdom. I didn't grow up in church, so I had a lot, a lot to learn. And I got to have an opportunity to meet with Michelle Bizet. She's one of the founding pastors here at New Life. And as we were sitting, I was like, if you could share one bit of advice with me that I could carry in every season of my life, what would that be? And she proceeded to tell me this story about when they lived in Louisiana, she loved the tall oak trees there because they stood tall and strong and they just looked mighty. But one day she was out with a walk with her son. One of them actually fell right before her. And you can imagine how terrified she was, but she said that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, you can really look the part. You can stand strong and look bold, but literally you could be falling apart on the inside and you can fall over and hurt people. And I really try to um, remember that every step and every season in my walk. Yeah, I didn't want to just look the part. So that took counseling. That took some truth talks with my family and my friends. Um, it made me be vulnerable and get in community. And that's never been more important than this last season for my husband and I. Um, in January 2021, Marius and I decided we wanted some more sleepless nights. And we wanted to grow our family um, and so we started out our journey in growing our family, and that took some time with our daughter, Riley. She's, uh, it took us two and a half years. I think we have a cute little picture of her. She is one spunky little girl. She keeps me on my toes. Um, so when we started the journey, we knew it could take some time, and so we started with our doctor, and soon we found out, yep, that was the case. And so we ended up going to a specialty doctor and started doing all the tests and all the things and we actually within a month we found out we were pregnant so you can imagine we just were rejoicing with our friends and just celebrating God's faithfulness it only took seven months to get pregnant this time so we're going into our appointment um, and you can imagine how it felt we're going in to graduate to go from the specialty doctor finally to the normal doctor and as we sat on the table, we found out that there was no longer a heartbeat. And I know there's some moms in here and some dads who have walked through this season. And you walk in with so much joy. And in one blink of an eye, it's all gone. And you can imagine how awkward it is. You get off the table and you just awkwardly grab your things. The doctor doesn't know really what to say to you. And Marius and I, he's such a stoic German guy. When he's crying, you know, I'm boohooing. Um, I've only seen it like three times. And so before we called our friends or any of our family, we just sat together and started praying. And I asked the Lord, why? You know, you can imagine we were racing with so many questions. God gave us an answered prayer, and then here we are asking why. And so he laid on my heart, uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, that says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who confines in him. 
They will be like a tree planted by the water that seeds um, that sends out its roots by the stream. It does, it does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It will always bear fruit. And God showed me right there in that moment, this season too will bear fruit. And so Marius and I, we knew that we wanted to do this season different um, than with Riley. We kept our season very close to our heart. We shared it with maybe a handful of people, and we walked through it very alone. And I started decaying inside. I was depressed. I didn't want to be a part of the church. I started pushing people away. And so this time I knew I was going to create some really good boundaries. I was going to bring a lot of friends in and community. I wanted them to stand in prayer. I wasn't going to wait for them to call me or text me. I was going to tell them what I needed. This treatment's happening now. I need you to stand with me. I need you to pray for me. Some of you are waiting for people to reach out, and it's time for you to be vulnerable and ask them for what you need because there's a bunch of people in here who want to stand with you and believe with you. It took time getting in the scripture. It took time listening to worship music and getting God's perspective on our journey. And you better believe when that moment happened, when we lost our kid, I needed Jesus more than anything. And so I want to encourage you here. Don't fake it. Draw it from somewhere. Draw your strength. Draw your hope. Draw your provision for your life from Jesus. And so as we walked in our season and we lost our child, I remember from the moment my feet hit the floor to my head laid down at night, I was listening to worship music constantly. And I got to a point where I was like, God, can I just not move past this? Like, why can't I just move on? And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what true dependence is, Jess. From the moment you wake up, you should know that you need me. I don't want you falling apart on the inside. Let me breathe life over you. And so I want to encourage you today it's not if a storm's coming, it's when your storm is coming. And it's in those moments when you're in community here today, when you're in your word, when you're listening to that, the worship music, that is what is deepening your roots from when the storm comes that will make you stand. Do you know on Tuesday would be the day I would deliver my baby? And the fact that I can stand here today with you and say, God is good. He is faithful. I want you to trust in him. He has been faithful through my life, through and through. And so I want to leave you with this question today. What are you drawing your strength from? Is it from those crazy worldly things or you're getting your identity from that mess on social media? Are you getting in your word and in community and are you drawing it from Jesus? Amen. That's so good. Can we give her a hand? Thank you for sharing that. So, so powerful. Um, you know, I love how you said, don't fake it. Get it from somewhere. You got to draw it from somewhere. And uh, it reminds me of that scripture that, you know, that I opened up with in the beginning. He generously provides everything that we need and not just what we need and more than enough so that we can share it with others. And, um, you know, it makes me think of this song that I have, uh, I sing over my children. I've been singing it since I was in the hospital the first night with Georgia. Um, it's a lullaby, and uh, I sing it when, in the times when she won't stop crying, and it just feels like a sleepless night, and I'm about to lose my mind. I sing it, and I sing it, um, you know, over my boys now when they're both needing me at the same time, and I can't be. I'm just not enough. And more than singing it over them, I'm, I'm singing it over myself because mama needs some help. <laughs> 
it's my SOS to the Lord. It's, it's, it's a song that, you know, it declares where the fruit of the Spirit comes from. And it goes like this. It goes, you give me love, joy, peace, patience, and faithfulness. Your goodness is here now. Self-control, amen. Self-control, kindness, and gentleness. Oh, you give your heart to me. You give your heart to me. And, you know, and I sing it to her. I sing it in my house as often as I need to. Um, but I wonder if there's any of you who are lacking any of these. Uh, who, you know, when you, when you need one of these things, you just come up short. Like you're in a storm and you lack peace and you can't fake it. You don't have it. And, uh, you know, maybe you're just lost somewhere in the mundane every day. Again, same thing, same thing. And you just don't have your joy and you can't find it and you can't fake it. And, uh, you know, maybe you're stuck in the waiting room of a situation and the answer's not coming and your patience is thin at best and you need this. The word tells us these things don't come from ourselves. They come from heaven. They come from the very heart of the Father. He gives these things to us and we have to be rooted down deep into him. And so when I find myself in those chaotic moments, very aware that I can't come up with any of these things. I sing them over myself because I know I'm not where they come from. I sing them over my children because I want them to know that's where this comes from. And so if you'll let me, I'd really like to sing it over you right now. If there's anything that when I say patience, you think, oh, Lord, I don't have any patience. Or if I say self-control, you think, when was the last time I had self-control? I just encourage you. I'm just going to, can I sing this over you? And you just open your hands and receive. Uh, just for the next few minutes, these things come from heaven. Amen. Okay. You give me love, joy, peace, patience, and faithfulness. Your goodness is here now, self-control, kindness and gentleness. Oh, you give your heart to love, joy, peace, patience and faithfulness. Your goodness is here now, self-control, kindness and gentleness. Oh, you give your heart to me. You give your heart to me. we thank you for your heart. We thank you for the love, the joy, peace, the patience you can give us, your kindness, your faithfulness, your goodness. You're always in control. You're gentle with us, Lord. We just praise you for, for being like this, Lord. We know these things are of you because we know they're not from us. And I just thank you, Lord, that anyone in this room that needs to borrow from your personality, you don't just give us what we need. You give us more than what we need. You give us enough to share with our friends, to share with our family. 
You give us enough in the hard times. You meet us in the hard times. You're looking for us in those hard times. And so I'm just thankful that that's what you're like. I'm thankful for the testimonies of each of these women and for the ways that you've showed up for us. You're the amazing one. So we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. I pray that this message that you just listened to helps you and assists you in your journey with Jesus. And if you want to get connected in our church, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock.